Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when it comes to the show. What's up? And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2022 RBC Heritage, a week after the Masters. It's lots of fun golf chat to talk about. <laughs> we might have next week off, too, so thumbs up there. Well, <laughs> where? Go ahead. No, no. Well, do we have that? That's Jesse over there, by the way, at DFS Golf Gods. <laughs> um, you said, well, like, what, what do we got? I think they had it last year. I don't. Oh, they did I thought they had Zurich, yeah, last year, and it was just like, everybody's you know was the same price as their teammate i think oh i think you're right i think you are correct now that but there's only like 30 how many teams are there 30 yeah it's not many and it was very complicated to do i knew i know i was not a fan let's put it that way yeah i mean i don't know how good it is it will be for like podcast purposes but i think there is something next week at least all right we might have something to talk about then to to annoy people with so we we can have some fun with that um, how's everything else going? How's uh, how, how was Masters Week for you? It was uh, it's pretty good. Um, you know, being on heavily Scheffler and uh, and Cam Smith. Obviously, um, I didn't lose money. Uh, it wasn't as good as I would have hoped. My main lineup I had uh, Van Ruyen in there. The very first lineup I made was the same exact lineup except for I had Kevin Nall. Um, and it would have been worth a lot more money. Uh, but as it was, man, it was fun. It was it was a, it was awesome to watch. Did you get to watch a lot? I got to watch a decent amount, which was nice. That's for sure. But um, yeah, I wanted to watch more. Let's put it that way. But it it was great. I got to see a lot of the the Sunday action for sure. Got to see some of the fun, uh, just craziness with the wind. And I've watched a lot of golf. I, I know I haven't watched a ton as often as I'd like lately, but I've watched a pretty good amount of golf. I think. I guess we just haven't seen Shuffler that many that consistently. That swing is ridiculous. <laughs> I had this chat with a, a bunch of buddies of mine. I mean, like his swing is not fun to watch. It's not no. like Rory McIlroy swinging the golf club. Like no. if I could, if I could swing like one person in the world right now, it'd probably be Rory McIlroy. Um, yeah. I would not pick Scotty Scheffler and, and how he makes it work. I don't know, but he's a fucking magician around the greens. He's got really, really good touch um, and can putt lights out. And doesn't get rattled. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, when when they went to three, and both him and Cam Smith hit it way left. I don't know if you saw that or not, but of course he got a drop. Him being Scotty Scheffler because there's a big ass scoreboard right there, um, which I think is horseshit. But it's beside the point. Um, so he gets a drop, then he chunks it, then Cam chunks it, then he chips it in. It's just like, dude, good night. Yeah. It's over with. You know. Yep, it was pretty rough for for Cam per se, but yeah. um, it was it was crazy though just to watch like the shots he'd hit, even on that uh, the Saturday when it was it looked like he might have been kind of falling back a bit. And he's you know in the pine straw. I think it was eighteen when he was like so far away. They're like, I'll oh, just punch it out here, and he freaking puts it on the green and just puts <laughs> like it was just ridiculous the shots he'd make. And it, I guess it's just you know playing in Texas in the wind, you just know how to like do goofy stuff. But it was it was pretty wild to see it all take place. He hits it a mile. I mean, they were, um, you know, especially on that shot on 18 Saturday, pull hooks it into the the worst possible spot on the whole entire golf course. Let's be honest. Finds it, gets the relief to you know to, and then like everybody's like, well, just you know, throw it up there to the top of the hill to where you got a nice little wedge in. This dude's like, no, nah, I'm just gonna put it like literally like land it perfectly where it should be landed. And of course, the greens are hard, so it rolls over the back, gets up and down, makes a bogey. When he's like anybody else, you know, I mean, that's uh, talking to my buddies again. But, you know, if I'm hitting that shot, I'm hitting three wood. I'm slipping in the pine straw. I'm topping it about 20 yards up the hill, probably back into the bushes and making an eight. You know, this dude. But, I mean, they're obviously they're way better than. But it's just, yeah, it's it's crazy to watch. And then um, when he got to uh, 15 on Sunday. And Dottie and the rest of them were talking about him. I'll just, you know, pick you a good number to lay up. And dude's behind the trees and just hits a rope hook around the trees, just barely over the green. I mean, he made, I think he made birdie. No, no, he made par there because he missed the putt. But still, I mean, 
Like that's just fucking amazing to me. Yeah, he was he made shot after shot. Every time you think he was gonna let someone back in the tournament, he has like made two shots in a row to make you think, oh no, no, if that's not happening. And it is kudos to him. The run he's been on is ridiculous. Even Tiger like giving him kudos, like, well, what's Tiger supposed to say? But still he pretty much gave him some nice props, kind yeah. of kind of a half in, half out, making fun of, you know, the run he was on type thing. If yeah. you really think about it, he's like, I haven't seen a run like that before. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We haven't. This is shorter than yours. Yes. That is correct. Yeah. But like, um, actually several years in a row, but yeah, whatever. exactly. So that, that was impressive uh, to see Scotty. And it was funny because, and then he admitted it after the fact, but I was watching, my dad came down to visit on Saturday for a little bit. We were watching golf and I said, man, you know, Scheffler's running away with it. I'd honestly hate to be Scheffler right now. Cause I think he'd rather have like a one or two shot lead or be playing from like one or two shots back uh, thinking, okay, I got to play instead of just like, I can't screw up like that mindset. I can't screw up because it's given to me right now. And he came out and talked about it. He said that that Sunday morning, he was like melting down going, this is, and you could see it early on. And then he kind of got back in his groove, but it can't be that easy. Like even though the best of the best, that's a tough space to be in, especially in Augusta. No, uh, I mean like the stone cold worst place to have, the lead into Sunday is probably, you know, Augusta National, especially getting on the backside there with 10's difficult, 11's hard. Then, of course, you got 12. 13's not like you can fuck up on that. Um, I mean, he about did on Saturday when he, I think he slipped or something and just pushed that shot way to the right and ended up way over there um, in, a, in a safe spot. But And he gets up and down, makes birdie. But either way, I mean, dude – Dude's just unconscious right now. Cam Smith obviously playing really well. Rory had a hell of a day on Sunday. Um, yeah. That fucking chip in on uh, eighteen, eighteen out of, out of the out of the bunker. Yeah, and him and Morikawa back to back. Yeah, that's just it's just <laughs> nuts, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it ended up being like especially once the kind of obviously on Sunday the wet was the best day of the whole entire week. The the weather clears up, the scoring gets a little bit better, and the cream rises to the top, right? Because, I mean, obviously, Rory, you know, goes bogey-free, shoots 65 or whatever, 64, whatever he shot, 65, 64. Um, and then Lowry played well. More Cowell came up there and Sal Torres. JT had a better day. He was kind of, you know, up and down all week. But, yeah, I mean, another great tournament. I didn't move off the couch from basically Thursday to Sunday evening. I was jealous of people like you. I really was. I truly was. I was telling people uh, I had like had my iPad in my truck with it on. Like obviously I'm not sitting there staring at it while I'm driving, but at least I could listen to it or if I, you know, could watch it from time to time. It was it was just it, I, it's great. So, I also had my iPad on with the TV on, so I'm watching like Amen Corner in 15 and 16 while this TV coverage is going on, and then like so I'm seeing the shot, and then five minutes later they're showing it on TV. <laughs> which is tilting to no end. And oh my God, dude, how do we not have feature holes one through three yet? How do we not have what direct TV used to have? Like it was the, one of the gold standards of master's coverage. I don't know. I just want features holes one through three. Cause I want to see the dudes start and then play number two and number three. Cause they're both Difficult. typically, well, they're, they're both gettable. You can birdie yeah. both of them. Um, one is difficult and that mm-hmm. kind of sets the tone for how your dudes are going to play. Uh, but yeah, that's my only gripe about the coverage. I watched, I went back and watched so many shots. Like that's the fucking awesome thing about it. Like if I, if I'm following a guy, like, like I, I played a lot of Billy Horschel and Max Homa who shot like a thousand over on the weekend. So they were out early and I went back and I, and I got to watch every single of their terrible shots on the weekend. And that's what the that's why the app's so great too. Yeah, literally great, you man. can sit and watch everything if you're doing something that got that comes in handy. And I want to get back to this in a second, but you mentioned Billy Horschel, and I meant to text you, but that just reminded me. So I listen to the Pat McAfee show a lot. Yeah, and uh, and the guy <laughs> did you did yeah. So the guy Ty, who's a very sarcastic dude that likes to you know, he's, I, I I feel a lot of what Ty says sometimes. I get it. Gotcha. But um, he I guess he tweeted something one time because Billy Ho was just slow playing. It basically was something about Billy Horschel, slow play, blah, blah, blah. Didn't yeah. at him, nothing. Similar to your story. <laughs> Next thing he knows, he's blocked by Billy Horschel. No. So his if you listen to McAfee, if you don't, go to the Friday show. He's got a rant about William Horschel. That was one of the funnier <laughs> things you'll ever hear. And I just pictured Jesse the whole time. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm blocked by this guy. I didn't even do anything wrong. I'm just blocked by this guy. And here we are. So yeah, I mean, it, I, it was funny. I guarantee this podcast is blocked somehow um, by Billy Horschel. But yeah, just don't, you don't even have to add him. 
uh, he'll just figure it out and, uh, and, and block you if you mention his name on Twitter at all. Uh, but yeah, he had this point, uh, weekend. So did Homa. Um, those are kind of my two big disappointments for the week. Otherwise it was a really good week for me. Cause I, you know, was really high on Scheffler and Smith and I played, ended up playing 150 lineups and I had, you know, half of them with, uh, with both Scheffler and Smith. So uh, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah. I did my 20 max. I had half Scheffler and Smith as well. And, uh, before Smith fell backwards on Sunday, I was feeling real good about life. Yeah. Like I had six, six of sixes out of my 20. They were all Smith Scheffler. Basically. It was like, okay, let's dance. And it still was a winning week. That fucking was, six on 12 hurt, dude. Exactly. Cause I was, uh, I was doing something with my daughter on Sunday and uh, I was checking my phone and you know, he's, he's like two under or whatever to start the day. And I'm looking like, let's go, let's do yeah. this. Like birdied the first two holes. Yeah. Then yeah. I, I was doing something. I come back and check the phone. I see he's like one over or two over and I see my DK thing. I'm like, oh. yeah, <laughs> no, it was, yeah. Yeah. plus it, it didn't I, help I that Rory and Zalatoris went off when right. everybody played them. So right. Yeah, combo effect. But it was fun. It was fun. And uh, course history wins again on a lot of dudes like Cam Champ. They did. Sportsles, Willits, those guys, crazy stuff. Do you have any thoughts on the changes? Like as far as like uh, how, how difficult 15 was and how difficult 11 was this year? It did definitely challenge them a ton more. Like they had to like hit it to certain spots, lengthen things out. It was a, uh, you could see it wasn't the kind of like, let's just go hit it over here and, and do what we got to do thing. It was it was much. It was even more strategy, I guess, on what yeah. clubs they were hitting, which made it much, much more different. You watched a lot more of it than I did, so you played a. a I like, feel. I like the change um, to eleven. Uh, I think it's one of the hardest holes all year, no matter what. Um, Fifteen, it kind of sucks just for like uh, comeback purposes. Um, the the pro- the big problem with fifteen all week is, or at least early on, was it was playing into the wind. That makes um, it real tough. <laughs> makes it real tough. You hitting your tee shot in the wind, then you're hitting your second shot in the wind, and so lo- there was a lot of laying up. And it's not an easy green to even hit with a wedge uh, once you do lay up, because typically you got a downhill lie. You're hitting onto a green on, and you got to hit a tabletop. So it's really difficult. It, from that perspective, as far as uh, it, it played a little bit easier, I think on Sunday. So I think like it won't be too awful, much more difficult. Um, but the scoring was fine to me. And, and it played hard, uh, but but Scotty really showed out shooting really twelve under and four putt in the last hole for ten under. I saw I saw a lot of people again. This is where me listening to McAfee all the time, but uh, he had the winning score four by four better. Oh and, god! <laughs> that's why oh, I love I love McAfee god. because he, he'll talk about his losses and he never said a bad thing about Scotty, but he was more like Scotty, hey buddy. <laughs> Can you just oh like God. oh yeah just one of those that things. would be that Full that's tilt. the only that's the only reason it matters is because of that that exact bet like otherwise exactly. it doesn't matter um yeah. but yeah that would be tilting <laughs> so there's just so much fun stuff when it comes to the majors and especially the masters and uh there's a lot of other stuff like you know harry higgs one spot out from an automatic burst next year now he's got to work his butt off almost had the albatross that would have got him in there yeah uh, that was a shot for that could have been a shot for the decades type thing <laughs> um that's, that's definitely one that he'll, he would have remembered for the rest of his life let's put it that way yeah um so a lot of storylines uh, again this is kind of how our preview went we could probably talk masters forever Yep. Do you have any final thoughts or any takeaways? Because we already found out that um, we're heading to the Open pretty soon, the U.S. Open, and that is um, Shelford's favorite golf course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope everybody fades him again, dude. I was surprised how low well, did, he was. Did, did you see my tweet? Like, I was trying not to be a dick, but I was like, because every show you listen to, it's like, I'm going to pay two or three hundred dollars left and play John Rum. Well, why yeah. pay up for Scotty Scheffler? And I'm like, well, because he's the number one player in the world. Just gonna throw yeah. it out there. And um, John Rom can't punt right now. And I can't feel like <laughs> you know, with with a lot of DFS, it's just overthinking and trying to be like trying to be different. Um, I don't know. I mean, like this year, I've just decided to play a lot of the just the guys who are playing well. I mean, bingo. And uh, you know, Scheffler has finished top twenty in the last six majors. Exactly. He's, I don't know, man. I, I hope, I hope he keeps it up. He's becoming quickly becoming one of my favorite golfers. Um, I just love how I'll, I'll still never forget it. Cause we've been on chef for a long time. I'm not going to yeah. say we're the Scheffler podcast, but we've loved Scheffler. Cause I'll never forget how we tilted the shit out of that plus mm-hmm. eight to minus eight yes. and missing the cut by one yep. stroke. I will never forget that moment. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot what happened on that Thursday, but 
yeah it whatever was, it was it was yes because we were it, we were heavy we yeah. were heavy on him that but week, so you fun. know he's dude he's just got it going and if you haven't seen it i do highly recommend going and watching the club uh club pro guy uh swing analysis with uh scotty scheffler um it's pretty funny that'll be good that'll be yeah. gold and i'm ready for scotty to make some uh some interview tours because he's a shy not shy but he's a humble guy so yeah. But you get him like I've heard him on um, like foreplay with the barstool guys and stuff, and he opens up a little bit. Pretty funny stuff. So I there's a, there's a there's a funny guy in there, and you got to get him on the right show, and you're gonna start. I think people will start liking him even more. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So I'm with you. Down down to earth type of dude, and we will get to him. He's not playing this week though. Good for him. He needs to take a few weeks off. Like go yeah. chill. You've only made like fifteen million dollars like the last you know six weeks. So I'm exaggerating, but maybe not based on sponsors. I'm guessing. So just go do what you. Got. Oh, last question I have. My dad and I are trying to figure this out on Saturday, and maybe this is just me being silly because I did it yesterday. It was windier than shit here, like ridiculous. We were the only three people on the golf course, and it was it was like my my truck said sixty two with the wind. It had to be like low 50s at least and i'm in shorts and a, and a you know long sleeve i'm out there walking doing my thing on saturday first off these guys act like they're in a goddamn blizzard where they're <laughs> dressed up which made me laugh like all the all the temperatures said like 55 to 65 I'm like you guys are a bunch of little well it it, it, it was I, I i did hear from a dude who was on the golf course that it was cold okay it was nice. like really cold i but mean i don't know if walk, it was like walking that much you should be staying warm you'd think I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like I, I've, I've played a lot of golf, especially in Kentucky this spring, this quote unquote spring, mm-hmm. and it's not been fucking warm. Um, and I didn't have to have like a, uh, I don't know what the hell Colin Moore cow was wearing, but yes, they were that, having like where, where like, he was putting they, it up like over his it was head. COVID. They had a, they had the things to, to put over their Yeah, it was, but yeah, the, the, I, the, I thought the, that the, was a bit much, but the reason I'm asking is, um, so Scheffler would hit his shots and in between walking to the balls, he'd, get, he'd put a vest on, yeah. a vest. What my question to you is, and you probably don't know the answer, but it's fun to discuss for two seconds. I told my dad, I guarantee you that Nike called and said, hey, dude, we got these golf vests that we're trying to sell. You're, on the, you're in the final grouping of Augusta, all eyeballs on you. Here's an extra blank amount of dollars. Make sure you put this on while you're walking because they're going to walk. They're going to show you all the time. It, I, I would say it's possible. I, I, I felt like it was a bit overkill taking it off and putting it back on. Because no one on. else was doing um, it. No one. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, these guys are a, a different level than I am, but I can swing fine. Like, I know JT was bitching about it after Saturday about how, he, you know, he couldn't swing or whatever. Um, but, like, you just figure it out, man. I don't know. But, yeah, it's like the old saying when a course is in bad shape or whatever happens. Well, we're all playing the same course. We're all playing in the same weather. So figure it out. Like, yep. yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, okay. We'll move on. Like I said, it was fun. I wish I would have watched more, but I watched plenty. It was good to see. And now we got the RBC heritage at Harbor town, which I actually enjoy this tournament. I really do. It's a fun Pete Dye course. And we have a, actually have a pretty good field. So why don't you give us a little past event history on this one? Yeah. Last, uh, last year, Stuart Sink won this golf tournament for the third time. Um, shot 19 under, four shots over Grio and uh, HV3, uh, who had a good week last week, by the way. Yes, he did. Uh, Webb Simpson was the t- 2020 winner, 22 under, which is the uh, uh, tournament record, one shot over Answer. CT Pan was the uh, winner in 2019, 12 under, one shot over Kuchar. Uh, Kadira, 12 under, 2018, playoff over Siwoo. 2017 was Wesley Bryan. 13 under, one shot over Luke Donald. Um, Jim Furyk won this a couple times. Kuchar, uh, Graham McDowell, Snedeker. That's about it. All right. Uh, a wide range of uh, types of players there. But one thing that's true is you don't have to be a long ball hitter here. It's only 7,120 yards, par 71, Harbor Town Golf Course. It's a fun one. Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina. So it's kind of not too far away from, uh, from Augusta. I think it's a couple hours, they said. So it's an easy trip for some of these guys that, that made the voyage. You get four par threes, 11 par fours, three par fives, so one less par five. And I mentioned it is a Pete Dye course, Bermuda Greens, but a Pete Dye course. So as you know, hey, there's Pete Dye specialist. You'll hear that all week. And it's one of those courses that makes you hit to certain spots because it's like either visually intimidating or you just have to because he puts a lot of roadblocks in the way. And that's how this course works. Uh, the fairways are rather easy to hit. The rough's usually not too penal. There are a lot of trees out there, but – 
you got to really be spraying stuff to get there. There's also water on 18 of the holes. If you do the quick math, that's every hole. And, but they're not like it's not just obvious. It's not like playing, you know, PGA National or something where the water's right in your face. You got to kind of find it on most of them. Some of them, not so much. Like one of the last part threes, it's right off the green. That could be trouble. But uh, overall, it's all about a second shot course. It's less than driver for the most part. Some was like, I think I heard somewhere it's like the the average driving distance around 265, which is very low on tour. The greens are super small. The only uh, smaller greens on tour is Pebble Beach, so you're gonna have to be able to scramble. Um, so it's all about if you can approach shot greens and reg potentially scrambling will be pretty darn big in this one. A lot of your approach shots will be like 150 to 200, 175 to 200, give or take. Um, the par threes are all 175 to 200. So if you get that kind of dialed in, you'll be doing pretty well. Also, let me see what else did I have on my, um, yeah, that's about, and oh, and majority, I think 711 par fours are 400 to 450. So if you want to put that in your models as well, that could be another angle to look at. But it's a, it's not a bomber's course. It's a second shot course. It's a scramble your butt off course and um, get hot. That's why the Stugo, that's why these older guys can play here. It makes it much more uh, doable. What are you looking at this week? Yeah, I think you'd hit the nail on the head. It's accuracy and scrambling. Um, Greens regulation does matter. And then, you know, birdie or better typically, uh, you know, is what I would focus on. Yeah, the par fives are are the ones you got to nail. That's for sure. um, You know, 51% birdie rate on the second hole, par five, 44% on the fifth, and then 26% on the par five, uh, 15th not a ton of eagles though because like pete die he makes you lay up because there's water here or there's a bunkers here or there's a lot of strategy with pete die and that's why these guys can do so well with their shot shaping approaches but um let's just get cracking on it let's talk about the uh the dk picks on this slate and again loaded field pretty look for for this event you have yeah uh, it's a really good field for what it typically is and abe answer has withdrawn so it kind of took one more but i want to say there's like I'll take 11 in the top 20, not nine in the top 20, something like that. Uh, I read it earlier. I should have kept it up, but um, pretty loaded field. But five players, 10K and above. JT is 11 1, Cam Smith 10 8, DJ 10 5, Morikawa 10 2, and Patrick Cantley 10,000. Honestly, I can't even tell you what Patrick Cantley did in Augusta because I don't remember hearing his name at all last week. I think he missed the cut. If I remember. Correctly. No, he made the cut. See, I never, I didn't hear anything yeah. about him all week. He That's finished crazy. 39th. He's played really bad on Saturday, uh, but came back one under on Sunday. Um, start with Cameron Smith for me at 10 8. I mean, I don't really know how much I have to explain about him, but he did finish ninth here last year. He did miss two consecutive cuts before that. Uh, obviously, coming off the third place finish at uh, the Masters and was first at the Players. Um, and then Colin Morikawa, man, he, he uh, you know, finished fifth last week. He played solidly all week long. Um, nothing spectacular, but nothing above two over par, which I think was, you know, pretty about average or a little bit better on Saturday, especially. Um, and showed some, you know, flashed some some good form there. And he's had some success around here. Finished seventh last year, 64th the year before. So those are my two guys I'd be focusing on above 10K. Yeah, JT ranks first in my model. He should because he's a great iron player. First in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds in this field. Second in DK scoring. He just checks all the boxes if you want to pay up for it. I usually don't because it comes down to the putter. If he gets hot with the putter, you're great. He had T8 here in 2020. It's pretty much the only time I've uh, seen him play here. So it's intriguing with JT, the eighth at the Masters, third at the Valspar. He's coming in, obviously, in great form. So if you want to play JT, you can. But I'm with you. Cam Smith, I like quite a bit. And then – um my guy, I'd be willing to go back to DJ. I just think he's, I think he's so close to breaking through. I back or back through. Let me say that because he has broke through before. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's. I think he's very, very close. We've seen it in, in recent events. You know, T twelve last week, and it was because I think it was a bad Saturday he had because he was playing pretty good after the first day. T thirty nine at the Valspar, T nine at the Players. I guess the guy that's played this pretty regularly. He's an RBC dude, thirteenth, seventeenth, twenty eighth, sixteenth. And in those years, it feels like he's just kind of sleepwalking in those fields. Like he just has to be here. I think he wants a W pretty bad. Like that's just me. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But he's seeing like all these guys moving past him in the rankings and stuff. I think he wants to get back there. I think DJ, and I think you'll get him at lower ownership because I think Cam Smith and Colin will get the the love in this field. I guess it's Tuesday, so I can pull up early ownership here. We can actually have some fun with this. DJ, but, um, DJ, um, while you're doing that, he, uh, he he hasn't won since the 2019 
Masters, right? Yeah, it's been a while. That's why I think I think he start and he's starting to play better right now. So I, like I feel I like I disagree with you. I think it's one of those where he's close to getting it back, and it wouldn't shock me if a place like this, um, if he just gets that wedge game going, which we knew when he was on that wedge game was like unbeatable. Yeah. So well, he um he it's probably this has got to be the longest drought of his career. He used to have he had like one win a year for like yeah for like ten ever. straight years yeah. yeah. No, this is by far his longest drought. Uh, last year, yeah, was the first year without one forever, and he's working that way again. I know it's only April, but uh, there's the golfers keep getting better and better out there right now, so we better hurry up. But yeah, uh, DJ is projected second lowest in this grouping um, behind Cam Smith. They're both pretty close. Mark Hall with a chalk in this range for now, but uh, yeah, I think DJ with uh, would be kind of my what I would say sneaky play, but we'll see how that pans out. Relatively sneaky, of course. Yeah, yeah. for ten k and above. Yes. Yeah. Um, 9K range, Lowry 98, Connors 97, Berger 96, Fitz 95, Sungjae 93, Spieth 92, Neiman 91, Henley 9,000. Uh, if you don't want to play the 10K guys, there's plenty to like. Here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like a lot of guys in this range, obviously. Lowry liked him last week, like him again this week. He finished ninth here last year, has a third-place finish back in 2019, finished third year or f- finished third last week at the Masters, um, hasn't finished outside the top 15 in his last four starts. Feel like he's going to win sometime soon. Um, and, and it seems to me like, you know, obviously a uh, – windier course on the i guess it's pretty close to the uh, coast anyways isn't it it's not like right it's pretty darn close you have like lighthouses and ocean so you're right yeah right next to the coast um Corey connor's 9700 uh he's made his last two cuts here did miss three consecutive cuts before 2020 but uh finished fourth here last year and dude i i'm really salty that i didn't play more I just feel like he was going to be too chalky last week. That's one thing we didn't really hit on a lot is I think we need to realize with the Masters and the 90 golfer field where you can cut out almost 20 of them. Just get get cute like in one spot. Yeah, I know. But, like, I hate to eat that <laughs> low chalk. Like, I don't care. Like, if I'm – like, I played a lot of Cam Smith, didn't care what, what his ownership was. Yeah. But, like, that lower chalk is what I, I feel like is, is better to fade. But – not last week. Uh, Berger, uh, four straight cuts, made cuts here in four attempts. Uh, did finish third in 2020. Uh, did make the cut last week. Did not play well at all whatsoever on the weekend. Um, but, you know, he's, I think this is a pretty good price for him. I'd rather, to be honest with you, have Berger than Connors. Um, I think him and Larry about the equal. Gonna need some crow on Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, mentioned last week that, uh, you know, his cross handed chipping. Um, would be an issue, but it apparently was not as he finished 14th shot two under on, uh, on Sunday there to finish 14th at, as also as chalk. Uh, and he hasn't missed a cut here in four years. I remember like probably five, six years ago, he mentioned that this is like his favorite place, his favorite golf course. Yeah. Yes. And then he missed the cut that year. I think that was 2017, yeah. like was immediately cute. missed the cut. Classic. Yeah. But since then has played better. I mean, you know, has, 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 has finished inside the top 15, three out of five years. Um, so pretty solid for Fitzpatrick there. Neiman, 9,100, uh, finished fifth here in 2020. Made the cut last week, made the cut to players. And then Russell Henley, man, mm. another guy uh, who who didn't, uh, you know, he, he he played well enough, um, finished 30th, basically mid-pack at the Masters last week. Hasn't missed a cut since the, the Open Championship back in July. Finished ninth here last year. Uh, so there's a lot to like in this range. I've, I've left out two guys, Sun JM and Jordan Spieth. If you want to play them, you can. But I just like those other six better. Than yeah. Well, two. they those two are the lowest roster or projected ownership. I mean, it makes range. sense. Spieth yeah. is projected for less than 4% ownership, which is an interesting predicament to be in. He hasn't missed a cut here in five tries. Yeah, because everybody else, this is like the chalkiest range you'll find. It's like 16% or higher on everybody else in this range because I think a lot of people are double dipping here. And he wouldn't, have missed, he wouldn't have missed a cut last week if it weren't for like basically about two holes. Yeah, well, Those two holes mattered. Uh, but, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But I'm with you. Lowry is one of my favorite plays this week. Um, we've been playing him all the time. Now his price is up and – he ranks fifth in my model, uh, seventh in the proximity I'm looking at, sixth in the par four range I'm looking at. I love Shane Lowry on this one. I'm with you. I think he's getting close to, to breaking through on the on the continental United States. Let's put it that way uh, for Shane at 98. Connors is always in play for me on any event that's an approach game. Like that's really 
where it is because with him it's always about putting and um you can't predict that but if you can predict approach game i will say this much though if you're focusing on like 175 to 200 where a lot of the approaches are he's 69th in this field which if you think about it ain't that great so if you're trying to like talk yourself out of it and he's, and he's 87th in scrambling 50th around the green these are things that are important he's played well here he's made cuts here but if he slips up a little bit if you're if you're trying to like just split hairs you can go that route i still like him 22nd in my model but uh it is interesting. Berger plays great on these short tracks uh, in in the southeast. 18th in my mind. He's first in scrambling in this field. Uh, so he, he can definitely benefit from situations like that. But I guess you have to scramble well when you're 75th in opportunities gained. So he's not giving himself chances. He has to scramble his butt to get those chances. So keep that in mind. I will be on a Fitz for sure. Like a Lowry Fitz start is just seems dreamy to me. Does to everybody else apparently too. But uh, I like that one quite a bit. Uh, at least pieces of those two. Neiman is second in my model. He's really, really strong around the green. Great DK score, you know, 11th and par five. Uh, I think he's very interesting. I was surprised his roster rate was supposed to be that high, to be honest with you. And then Russell Henley, this is the one that really surprised me. Because out of all these names up here in the 9K range, he kind of stands out to me as like, eh, maybe he shouldn't be up here range. But um, he's projected to be almost 17% owned, which is bonkers to me. But he's 14th in my model, first on approach, fifth in par fives. Eighth in opportunities gained, fourth in DK scoring all over the last 24 rounds. I like Russell Henley a lot this week, so I'm with you on this one, and um, it'll be fun to differentiate. Maybe just eat your chalk in your 9K and get different elsewhere because you definitely can coming up. 8K range, you got Webb at 88, Horschel 87, Hatton 86, HV3 85, Siwoo Kim 84, Norin 83, Fleetwood 82, Kiz 81, and Kirk at 8,000. Where are you looking on this one? Um start up top there with with Webb. Uh, you know he played pretty well last week at you know at the the Masters. He you know thirty fifth, not terrible. He's not had a great year, but this is actually a place he's had a lot of success. Ninth, first, sixteenth, fifth, eleventh, going back to two thousand seventeen. So, um, all inside the top sixteen, and he's been playing better in the past. So take that for what it's worth. Billy Ho at eighty seven hundred. I mean, the, the the problem, the reason I can't quit playing Billy Ho is because he's always underpriced. I mean, he's like the 13th rate golfer in the world. Um, and, and his course history is mixed here. 25th, miscut, 45th, 5th, miscut. So it's not great, uh, but, I mean, he's playing solid. He just, he had a terrible fucking round on Saturday. I watched every shot, tilted every one of them. Um, so... At eighty seven hundred, I, I I like him fine. Norin at eighty three, I think is okay. He's made you know he's three of three made cuts at this tournament. Uh, Fleetwood, he he actually showed some really good form on Saturday where he shot two under, which was an incredible score uh, last week. And so maybe he can get some momentum going. And uh, and that's it for me in, in this range. Yeah, you got four or five guys under ten k and or under ten percent in this range. So this is where you can start getting a little different uh, if you if you want to play some chalk above but um billy ho i like quite a bit i'm with you and he just doesn't get the love as you said his proximity from 175 to 200 not ideal at 113th in this field but overall we've seen how he's been playing and he can get hot with that putter so could be someone to definitely look at but hatton i'm always just a sucker for because when he runs hot he runs really hot otherwise he just his head explodes one of the two and uh, he makes for a great tournament play in my opinion hp3 is ninth in my model which is uh was quite surprising but Really good around the green, really good in opportunities gained, good in proximity, and um, coming in in pretty good form. You mentioned his good week at the Masters, finished second here last year after three straight missed cuts. So that could be a, a fun one there with HV3. Siwoo Kim, Pete Dykhorst, it's almost say like he just, every time he, he rates out poorly, play him on a Pete Dykhorst, he figures it out. So do what you want to do. But you mentioned him in one of my favorite pivots in this range, but sadly, everybody else is. He's almost 15% projected ownership is Alexander Norin. I guess it's a dude that just continues to play very, very well uh, yeah. recently. 12th on the Val- at the Valspar, 26th at the Players. He obviously didn't qualify for the Masters, but you know, 17th in my model, 7th in par 5 scoring, a great scrambler, really good DK scorer. I think there's a lot to like with Norn in that range. Um, I like Kiz uh, at a Pete Dye course. Uh, I like all these guys in this range. I guess this is what really sucks. Like, it's a really, really good range to pick and choose from. But uh, they all rate out pretty well. I will say Chris Kirk is sixth in my model. So he's one of the better approach players on tour. Um, great around the green. 
and he's a fourth in opportunities game. That's due to his approach game. Like his iron play is very, very strong with Chris with Chris Kirk. So that could be someone you could take a peek at, but um, yeah, about 12%. It's not too bad. But most of the guys are 10% and below if you're not named Norrin or Kirk. So keep that in mind. If you like some guys here, go for it. 75 to 79, you got Kokrak, McNeely, Na, Cooch, Pereira, Harmon, Hoagie, Hadwin, Poulter, Young, Streelman. Again, another great group of uh, options here. Yeah. Uh, McNeely is one of my favorite plays. Two straight made cuts here. Finished fourth last week – or last year, sorry. Um, and hasn't missed a cut on tour since the uh, Shriners back in October. Been playing really solid golf. Kuchar flashed some pretty good form um, where he finished second at the uh, Texas Open. And he's getting back to a place here that he knows very well. Played it a lot. Um, I think he's a past champion here. I'm only going back to 2015, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's won this tournament before. Um, I think he won it the year that my dad – like all of a sudden just out of nowhere had a stray dog. And so my dad caught like named the dog Cooch. If I remember correctly. Hopefully he treats the dog better and Cooch treats the caddy. (laughs) Yeah, he did. And then the dog died, but, um, (laughs) well, I mean, it's not my dog. Anyways, hasn't missed a cutter since 2015. Um, very solid. I I like Cooch quite a bit this week. Uh, Kevin, no, man, I watched a lot of his shots last week as well because I had him on, a team that had a chance, uh, and, and of course, when when Cam Smith kind of fell apart, so did the the team. But shot sixty nine on Sunday at the Masters. He 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 played really well from after, basically on approach and in right. Um, his 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 wedges were on point is what I'm trying to get at. Like him quite a bit. Harmon seventy seven hundred, uh, two straight made cuts here. Uh, he's finished thirteenth and twenty eighth in the last two years. He is coming off a miscut at the Masters. I think he missed it on the number. Yep. Uh, he shot five over for the week, and the cut was four. Uh, but was playing, you know, decently solid golf before that. And then last but not least, Strillman at seventy five hundred. Course history is pretty good. Thirty third did miss the cut in twenty twenty, but sixth, seventh, fifty fifth, fifty third, third. Um, and has uh, made three straight cuts on tour, including a seventh place finish at the Valspar a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, it's a fun group. I like McNeely as well. A lot of people do looking at ownership, so that's one to keep in mind. But Nas a peak die guy, and if you just look at stats, he does not rate out well here. But uh, when you look at uh, current form and, and just past history here, he's a great GPP player. You know, miscut T10, miscut T39. So, you know how Kevin Nas rolls. But I do like Brian Harmon quite a bit. You mentioned him at. Uh, 7,700, he does like Pete Dye courses. Coming in in really good form. Great course history here with Harmon. 32nd on my model. He's first in par fours, four to 450. So that's pretty strong. Plus, does really well at the par fives. So I think Harmon is very, very much in play for us this week. I will sprinkle some Kuchar just because of what we're seeing and how he's played at this course. Not as much as I would have in years past, but I think a 20 max, I'll probably have like three or four lineups with Kuch just because he is looking like he might be rounding into a little bit of form which is, is quite uh, doable in this course. But Tom Hoagie's 10th in my model. If like you think is a lot of like short course, small greens, ocean, pebble type feels, not saying it's identical, but there's similarities. The approach game is what's important to pebble, small greens. Well, Hoagie just won there. He's first in proximity, 175 to 200. Ninth in opportunities gain, ninth in approach. He's 10th in my model. He's at 7,600 bucks. He'd be one guy I'd look at. And Adam Hadwin is third in my model, eighth in the proximity. I'm looking to target, and he's just – um overall playing some pretty strong golf three Recently, straight top tens t4 at the valero t7 at the valspar t9 at the players and at this event miscut last year but they made th- at least three cuts in a row Hadwin's intriguing very very intriguing at yeah. uh 76 what's his bucks. what's his ownership looking like that's a great question let me check for you here 17.5 percent chalk him and hoagie of course they rate out well that's what happens when you use fantasy national and the ratings really? are good Everybody plays them. Yeah. We'll see if that's how it works, though. Lately, it has been an opposite trend. Everyone sees that and backs it down, and you'll get him at, like, say, 11% or something. I got you. All right. So we'll see how that pans out. But it's hard to ignore how well he's playing. I think now the question, would you rather Hoagie or Hadwin? I mean, I'd probably go – yeah, that's tough. I mean, Hoagie coming off last week, I'd probably go Hadwin. Just week week rest, three straight top tens is pretty pretty solid. Well, they have shown like the past like X amount of winners played the Masters the week before, so, so no shit. 
Yeah, I actually, God. I say, I saved, I saved the tweet. If you give me a great radio here for like two seconds, I will look this up right here. And uh, okay, uh, is that the one? No, RBC trends. The winner of the RBC Heritage played in the Masters in six of the last eight runnings of this event. Three of the last six winners missed cut at Augusta. Eight of the last eleven winners had recorded a top twenty-five finish at Harbortown before winning. Two of the last five winners are first timers. So six of the eight last winners at this event played the Masters the week before. So, well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> something to think about. Yeah. All sure. right, seven K to seventy four hundred. Who you liking in this range? Uh, for Telly, seventy four hundred. Um, Texas dude, so pretty good win players. Made three straight cuts at this event. Uh, did finish eighth in twenty twenty. Coming off a, a solid week at the Texas Open, where he finished eighth. Um, hasn't missed a cut since the Phoenix Open back in February. I'm going to go back to Vin, Van Ruyen. Um, I liked him a lot last week. And, and part of that was kind of just his – I felt like he was going to have a good draw because he was, this, I think, the second group out on Friday. So I thought the wins were going to be like basically the lightest for the first at least few holes and maybe give him a little bit of an advantage. But it did not fucking matter um, after he, like, uh, I think made a, an eight or something on 15. Uh, it was it was a just – I mean, just a trunk slam and a half – coming home but i think going back to him is is fine he's actually um i think got some decent course history around here let me check that again real quick yeah i mean one start finished uh 21st back in 2020 uh aaron wise at 7100 my model likes him he's got two consecutive missed cuts uh at this event and is coming off a missed cut at the valse floor i'd rather go with uh charles howell the third uh has played this a lot finished 18th last year did miss two consecutive cuts before that uh, but it's coming off a fourth place finish at the Texas Open, um, and that's it for me above seven K there. Yeah, Ed Fratelli as well. I, I like the form he's coming in with and the history here, so he'd be a guy I'd look at a seventy four. Russell Knox, as long as it's an approach event, I'm going to keep looking at Rusty. That's at seventy three hundred bucks. Uh, Scrambling is pretty bad, pretty pretty bad is the best way I'll put it. But um, he gets the job done on the approach game and the par fours. We're looking to target JJ Spawn keeps getting it done. I'm re- ready for him to wear down and get tired, but. He's on to something right now. So if you want to get JJ at 73 or Sebastian Munoz in a GPP at 73, Munoz ranks 13th in my model. Uh, he's fifth in, in the proximity, 175 to five, uh, 200. 11th in opportunities gained. Um, just got a putt for Sebastian. So keep him in mind at 73. And then one of the ones that really shocks me, but if you're looking at past event history, the gloves made four of the last five cuts here. Finished anywhere from 21st to 33rd. For Mr. Lucas Glover, T30 at the Masters, T18 at Valero. So coming in in pretty decent form. Usually get him at some low ownership. So Glover at 72 would be one I look at. Denny McCarthy as well at 72. Plays pretty darn well uh, at this event. T13 last year, miscut T33. So I'll take that kind of uh, chances. I think he's made like eight of his last nine cuts as well. So he's 7200 bucks. You know, other than that, like for GPPs, I wouldn't mind sprinkling Lahiri and Kazire, and I, I like your Hal call on CT Pan. Those are guys like I'm not going heavy on, but Pan's a past winner. Hal's playing really well, especially on these shorter courses. So in tournaments, I don't mind sprinkling some of these guys in there and uh, seeing where it takes me. 6K range, who you liking? Um, Yeah, this is – I mean, there's some guys down here. Uh, Doug Gim at 6,900, finished 33rd here last year, but is coming off a miscut at the Texas Open, finished 6th at the Players' Championship and had – three consecutive missed cuts before that. So best of luck if you play him. Brendan Todd is a guy who I feel like might potentially, uh, you know, this this place would suit him. His course history doesn't really necessarily say so. He did finish fourth here in 2015. Um, but after that, missed two consecutive cuts. Did make the cut last year, finished 39th. He's coming off an eighth-place finish at the Texas Open right after he missed two consecutive cuts. Uh, Joel Dahman, 6,800, two for two made cuts here. Coming off a WD at the uh, – over in, I think, the Dominican Republic, that opposite field event of yeah, the, the match ships. play. Yes, yeah. Mon- Montezuma's Revenge, uh, yeah. or whatever they call it in the DR. Um, but 6,800, I think he's fine. And then the model likes Sadashi Kodaira. He's won uh, here before. He has. He won here in 2018, finished 70th the year after that, and missed the cut in <laughs> last year. So to come off a 30-place finish uh, at – his last start was Puerto Rico, which was almost a month ago. I, I don't know what the hell's going He's on. Probably corn fairing it or something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, other guys down here like 
uh, Sam Ryder, um, Adam Long has been playing decent. Uh, Pat Perez, um, you know, it, at that price for Pat Perez, I would definitely worth. I mean, he's been around here a lot of times. He's missed his last two cuts at this event, but had made a bunch in a row and did have a top uh, ten uh, a few years back. So, yeah, I mean, it starts getting a little sketch down here. But yeah, it de- it definitely does. But a couple guys that I like, I'm going to start backwards up. Wes Bryant at 6,115th at Punta Cana, 62nd at Valspar. And most importantly, T25, T68, T42 on a victory here. He plays pretty darn well at this golf course. T Dunk, Duncan's another guy at 62 you can look at. Uh, had good history here and coming in with a, a couple decent finishes. He missed the cut at the Valero, but T28 at Punta Cana, T25 at Valspar. So I don't mind a little T-dunks at 62. But if you're sliding up, I think you mentioned Michael Thompson. He made four straight cuts here, including an eighth and a tenth in 20 and 2019. So he could be a guy to look out in past history. Matt Neesmith back-to-back made cuts here. We know he can get hot with the putter just a few weeks ago. He did just that. When you look at Neesmith, let me slide up here. Do, do, do. Uh, missed cut at Valero with T3 at the Valspar. So he ran hot at Valspar. Um, someone you can look at. I believe you mentioned Nate Lashley as well at 67. Uh, coming in good form. Only played here once, missed the cut in 2020, but good form. Brian Stewart's one. He's made many cuts in a row here, including a T18 last year, T16 in 2019. But you look at his recent form, and it makes you kind of wishing that uh, this might not be the best of ideas. But if you're just going to course history, like missed cut of Valero, T7 at Punta Cana, T16 at Valspar for Stewart. Could be worse. Let's put it that way. Uh, Cam Davis is another one. If you want to go boomer bust and GPPs, he actually plays better on short courses, which is funny to see. And then other than that, like you mentioned Domin and there's Gim and Bo Hostler. Like it's a fun tournament range. No one I'm in love with, love with, but uh, very interesting tournament range in the 6K range. All right, let's recap things real quick. Jesse, 10K and above, who's your number one play? I'm going to say Cam Smith. You've talked yeah. me into DJ though. I like your DJ call. Yeah, I'm going to go DJ. I, I, I love Cam Smith. I'll, always love cam smith but i'm gonna go dj i'm gonna this might be a fun week or a tilting week we shall see but that's golf 9k range lowry yeah that's probably the play i'll go fitzpatrick of course but you know are you gonna play any speed at four percent i mean the it, dude can win we know that it's ugly right now it's ugly yeah. i'm not gonna I mean, well i mean it, like but... i said he had like two bad holes last week that prevented him from playing the weekend uh but it's not been yeah it's not been great since since Pebble Beach. Yeah, it's true. 8K range. Um, Horschel. Take your, I was gonna say, take your boy. There you go. I'll, now, this is one's tough for me because I'll say Norin. I'll say Norin, but there's some there's some good uh, Pete Dye specialists in this range. Let's put it that way. 75 to 79. I love Mad McNeely. Do, what, do, what do you have on projected ownership for him at the moment? I'm pretty sure he's going to be popular because Mayo talked him up like it was going out of style. Mm. Uh, only 12%. That's not Could, I, thought it'd be, I thought it'd be worse. Hadwin and Hoagie are, you know, Hoagie's 15, Hadwin's 17 and a half. Yeah. Okay, so McNeely. I'll go Brian Harmon. I'll go Brian Harmon to avoid the chalk, but I will have Hoagie and Hadwin in lineups. I'm not going to act like I'm not going to. Uh, 7K to 74. Charles Howell. That's a sneaky fun one. I'll go the glove. Give me Lucas Glover. Uh, and 6K, who you got? I'm going to say uh, Brendan Todd. I think I'm going to say Joel Dahman, but I know I'm going to have some uh, some of these cheapies down here because that way you can play some uh, more starsy scrubsies. Because, again, this thing got 140 golfers, give or take. I'll say give or take, sorry. Um, and T65 and ties. So about half the field is going to make this thing. So keep that in mind as well. Everybody's in play when it's a short course. So, you know, it's like to start crossing guys off the list. Like even Pat Perez, I need to dig into more. Honestly, I didn't even realize he was in the field when I was, you know, checking, starring my guys here because he didn't rate out well. But, you know, he's 75th in my model, but like he's 20th around the green, 20th on par fives. He's just been atrocious on these distances for par fours and the uh, proximity range. But he's been playing some pretty good golf. So that's interesting. When the, when the stats don't match the production, it's always tricky. But that's how you can also make things. Everyone's using these models now, so that's how you can differentiate right. as well. So any final thoughts for Harbortown RBC Heritage? Um, I, I don't uh, much more than you want to do some winners. Oh, God, yes. My bad. Or, I got DK or cash Sports. game plays or GPP. Yeah, God, I totally just zoned out there. Thank you. This is why Jesse's here to, to keep me in line. If you're starting out a cash game this week, Jesse, who are <laughs> three guys you'd like to start out a cash the game The funny with. thing is I already had it lined out, and then you just want to skip to the end. Uh, I got Fitzpatrick, Kuchar, and Hadwin. 
That's a good one. Fitzpatrick's a very good one. Um, let me see. I'll go. I'll go. Henley, Horschel, and uh, Har- I'll go Kucher. That's a good one. Kucher is a tough one. And Cash, tough to pass on that one. Uh, GPP play. Who, uh, three guys. Who are you going? Um, Horschel, uh, Howell, and uh, Russell Henley. That's a good one. I'll go uh, DJ, Kisner, Brian Harmon. We'll go with those. And then um, if you uh, if, if we're playing some uh, betting here, betting the yep. fun stuff, who you pick to win, uh, DK Sportsbook. We have some fun odds here. Like I laughed when someone posted these the other day when DJ has the same odds as Fitzpatrick, Lowry, and Berger. Yeah. makes me kind of question things, but who you got this week? Yeah, I mean, DJ at 18 is, is bettable in this yeah. field, especially. Um, uh, but kind of longer shots, Neiman at 35, uh, Kevin Knott at 50, McNeely at 55, and then Harmon at 100. I like Kiz at 55 because this is definitely a Kiz-type course. So that one is intriguing. It's not just my homerism coming out there. You know, Hoagie at at least a plus 700 to top 10 is interesting. This, or what's his top 20? I wish that was on the same page as this. So I have to keep going back and forth. But uh, Hoagie, Hoagie, Hoagie. Plus 275 to T20. Yeah. I kind of I like that for Hoagie in this event. Like if you don't want to play him in DK because of the ownership, you can switch over there and have some fun. And then I think if you're going like a long shot, which I don't think we're going to see this week, but you could. We've seen it with Kadire and all the and Wesley Bryan and all these dudes. This does feel like a place that uh, Joel Dahlman can be very successful at. Very successful. Short course, ocean course, plus 180 at worst. Let's see what a plus uh, top 20 Dahlman gets you. Plus 550 to T20. Sounds a little fun for Joel Dahlman. So that would be something I'd be uh, keeping in mind at least. But all right. Now we have finished everything on the show. Any final thoughts for the RBC Heritage? I uh, don't. Um, it's uh... – it's, it's it'll be it'll be fun it's a fun golf course and fun week but it's not last week so it's a bit of a letdown that's the problem like i wish they had the zurich this week so we could just have like that breather of a week and then go back so i think this is a great golf course and a really fun tournament you get a cool red plaid jacket when yeah. you win um so it, it's a cool course and i hope people enjoy it but obviously it ain't it ain't augusta so right. uh we'll see how that plays out but with a loaded field like this, 20 maxing, 115, whatever you're going to do, multi-entering is fun because there's a lot of ways to go. I guess one thing I'd say is if you do like the chalk guys stay in the 9 and 10K ranges, do the core cascade this week. Make five guys and then pepper the 8. The 8K range is very low-owned for the most part, and then you get just 7Ks the same. So then you can just leave like two spots and mix and match your 8 and 7K guys and, and go that route. But uh, do what makes you happy. Play some DFS and, and enjoy yourself. And most importantly, go to the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast on iTunes and give it a rate and review or subscribe to the Fantasy DGens YouTube. Catch all the good stuff there as well. But until next time, you can find Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Entrick. This was your RBC Heritage Preview. Catch you guys next time. Oh,